everybody's sitting here trying to think of the next best like Instagram post, spending hours and hours and hours putting content into the abyss. Meanwhile, it's like you got a real human who you've connected with where you know that they're thinking about probably getting back into health and fitness if they fell off at some point in the past. Why not just message them and see how they're doing and then connect with them? You're not even pitching them because you know they're, it's the end of the year. Everybody's making resolutions. You know they're thinking about health and fitness if they're not actively doing something now. Hi, guys. This is Alex. And here today, oh, oh my God, I, honestly, I cannot believe that I've managed to get you in front of the camera and the mic. I know. So with me is the <laughs> one and only Jonathan Goodman. If you would know how long I waited for this to happen. So I'm a big how long, fan. How long have we been, have we been connected? How many uh, years about, about? I've joined the OTA, I believe it was 2016. Okay. All right. So five years, a bit over five years. It was, it was in the beginning of 2016. Five, six years. Yeah. It's, it's wild when I think how long I've been connected to so many people online is. And, and it's also even crazier to think like most people who work online, particularly in fitness, like their entire career is two years. Yeah. I mean, even, even you think like the online trainer Academy, the certification you're referring to, it's like, that's actually been around, it evolved from a previous course. So that's actually been around for eight years to have a course online that's been around for eight years and still sells is like, it just doesn't happen. I mean, courses generally do one, maybe two launches and then kind of just fade away into, into nothingness. So it's crazy when I think about it, you know, how long it's actually been, but also just, I feel like I'm getting started. Like I'm in my third, maybe fourth midlife crisis right now and just like (laughs) figuring my stuff out again. And it's, it's, it's really pretty wild when I think about it. I figured I'm I'm not sure. Maybe if I, that I talked to Jason and they're just the beginning of, of, what was it? November or something like that. I was to Rome and I talked to Jason. And I figured out we are pretty much the same age. What, me and you? Yeah. It's possible. I'm 36. I'm 37. So here we are. Yeah, no wonder I, you have so much gray hair. Look at that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> old man, old man Alex? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what my kids call me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm old for them. <laughs> you know, and, and if I think back, so when, when did you start with online training? I started, I got into online fitness in 2011. So I started writing my first book in 2009. I was 24 years old. And I was so, it's so funny looking back because like, who the fuck was I to write a book at 24? It's such a ridiculous concept, but nobody else did it. Mm. And I happened to, like, it's purely one of those like, well, I mean, don't ask for permission, just like do it. And if people like it, then obviously, you know, put it out into the world and see what happens. And like, it's, it's ridiculous to think that I wrote a book for my industry at 24 years old. Yeah, but why and, not? Well, that's exactly it. Why not? But, uh, you know, uh, like nobody else did it. That's the thing. I mean, and, and at the time, a lot of what I was talking about kind of ushered in this new era of of personal training, which is personal training is at its core personal, mm-hmm. right? The, 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 the quality 
of the workout you give to a client actually matters much less than whether your client wants to do the program or not. Like if they're not moving in the first place, it doesn't really matter that you're block periodizing their workout in a, in, you know, almost poetically, it just doesn't matter. And so, you know, I always ask this question of like, well, what comes first here? Mm-hmm. Most people just need to move a little bit more kind of. And so how can we do a better job of doing them? And it was just, it's the same kind of thing. Like what I'm doing with my software now, it's just like, who the hell am I to build software for a trend? I don't know anything about building software. And so, I mean, obviously I have a, a CTO who's, you know, building it that I was, that I found, but it's like, well, nobody else did it. Like, I don't, I really did not want to build software. Like building software is unbelievably difficult. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want to have to do it, but nobody else did. And I got so frustrated then like, well, shit, this needs to be out in the world this way. I think it was kind of the same thing with the books. So, you know, I wonder these days, back then it was different. Back then in 2009, it was very different. It was kind of one of these, like, um, you had to be very resourceful. The internet obviously existed, but it wasn't like Facebook ads were thrown in your face every day. It wasn't like you were getting pitched 30 times a day by people giving you opportunities. You had to go out and find it if you were looking for it. Like, I studied online marketing with books that I got from the library. I mean, yep. I went to the bookstore. I found the best-selling books. I walked across the street to the library and I checked them out. Like that's how I learned everything. And, um, and I just feel like that skill perhaps has been lost. Like you can learn anything you want in the world. And yet people are asking Facebook groups instead of Googling how to do something. Isn't I mean, this scary? You know, I it's mean, frightening. I'm, I'm looking at the younger generation. I mean, we're definitely not old. Okay, let's get this straight. So we're not I mean, old. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's I just because of my gray hair. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would actually think about me in 10 years. I should be look like, looking like Matlock. Yeah. You remember Matlock? I mean, the silver hair and everything. I, I like that. I'm, but, I'm looking forward to aging. I'm really looking forward to aging. I'm looking forward to, to maybe, like not yet, but I'm looking forward to slowing down a little bit. I'm looking forward to just kind of perhaps taking my time a little bit more than I did. I mean, I've been so hyper-aggressive professionally. In the first 10 years of my career, I wrote 11 books, well, 13 actually, 11 good books, put on five conferences, six digital products, a certification, a textbook, and over a thousand articles, over a million words. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of am looking forward to kind of aging and being like, yeah, I'm going to take my time with this. <laughs> I don't know what the people are so afraid of. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just age is basically for me, just a number. I don't feel like 37. I yeah. mean, I feel it. I feel it like in my bones and my muscles and so on. So I'm not training as I was with 25. And I'm in the industry for over 20 years too. So I started when I was 16 to teach Did you? My, my, first, my first clients. Yeah. Wow. You started at 16. I didn't even know. Time. Was that like, were you certified or did you just start before Back you got then, certified? I, I was starting out with martial arts, actually. Oh, it was okay. martial arts. Then I transitioned over to fitness because yeah. ju- I just enjoyed it. It was a different right. kind of training. So I'm still doing martial arts right. next to my fitness training and so on because I just enjoy it. 
but it's different. So I got certified not long after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had have had my first club, um, like a martial arts club, when I was twenty. I owned my one and only. So it was it was crazy. Right. You know? But you have to fall many many times to get something right. So yeah. I've, I've said, okay, let let's do it. Don't be afraid. Just just try. And if it doesn't work out, find something different. Right. So today it's it's a bit different. Uh, I have two gyms, one in Slovenia, one in Austria. I own altogether six companies. I'm doing certifications in Slovenia, in Austria, in Germany, uh, taking basically a US company over with time and so on and so on. So it's it's been busy, uh, but I haven't written a book yet. So this is on my list. Don't do it. <laughs> why? Why not? Stupid thing to why, do. Why wouldn't you? Huh, I mean, it's just, man. You know what it is? It's just one of those things where the 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 effort and the reward for the effort is so skewed. Like mm-hmm. writing. I mean, writing eleven books was such a stupid thing for me to do, and it was just, it was just, I couldn't not do it. Like it wasn't like it was. It certainly wasn't a profit maximization, a business growth maximization. I mean, my first ever book, Ignite the Fire, that should have been my only book. In fact, I'm actually doing a 10 year anniversary of that book nice. in the middle of next year, and that is still it was the first book I ever wrote. Out of everything I've done, that's the only thing that I get messages from every single day. That it's actually made a real impact in people's life. This one, I, I don't, I like the viralnomics. Viralnomics was different. Viralnomics is a different category. I mean, that's that's the only book that I've ever done on marketing. And viralnomics is is a really funny book. It, you know, I put it out. It's a marketing book, right? It's not a fitness mm-hmm. book. And. It was written in almost a cartoonish way, which I think is sort of some of the appeal. It's really, you know, fast paced, but the research in it was actually really deep. Like I read at that point when I wrote the book, which was 2013, I had read every single research paper that existed on computer mediated, computer mediated communication, on the psychology of message transduction online, Mm -hmm. basically everything that has ever been researched on narcissism on all of these topics. And so it's funny when, you know, movies come out like the, like the social dilemma movie that came out Mm -hmm. on Netflix. I was like, I wrote about that shit in 2012. Like none of this is new. And, and so I just, you know, I put the book out, self-published it, no fanfare, nothing. I put the book out and it was number, it was the number one marketing book in the world for a period of time, which was wild, but it was just never a business for me. And so I was never interested in touring around. I was never interested in starting an aid, a marketing agency or doing anything with it. So I kind of just left it and went on to the next thing. And that's like my entire career is I'm really, really good at building stuff and I'm absolutely shit at running it. And so I just... I build things or I write things or whatever it is. And I put it out in the world. I'm like, all right, well, that's done. And then I go to the next. 
And I like, I'm, I destroy things that I build because it's just no fun for me. The minute that something becomes successful, I get completely disinterested in it. And I just, I just want to break it down and start something else. And so I think what I'll probably do in 2023 is I'll do an updated version. I might even try to like get it conventionally published because that book has aged really well. Like that book is actually more relevant today than it was when I wrote it, mm-hmm. which is pretty wild when I think about the fact that it's a book about social media published in 2013. I find it really helpful, especially for our industry. You know, people yeah. that are stepping, starting up right now, how to communicate properly, how to communicate with the audience that you should be communicating and everything. You know, you can get right. so much out of it. But still, oh. yeah, I mean, how to communicate like a human online. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is something that we're missing today, authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is, we've, we've talked about my, my background, it's fake. Uh, so <laughs> the problem that we have, people are being fake all the time. You know, showing something that's not true and, and this fake image. Right. I think that for the fitness industry, this is a disaster because it creates so many false expectations and so on. It's so hard to work with that afterwards. To you know, to right. tell your clients, look, right now, of course, we can achieve a lot in, in 12 weeks, in 16 weeks, but we need a year time to get where you want to be. Right. You right. know, being realistic and everything, it's It's getting harder and harder because of those false expectations and, and you know, fake trainers or influencers or what, you know, whatever. How do you look at this? It's so interesting to me how much people get drawn in by like really fancy stuff and forget that basic human connection is actually the best marketing and the most important business development. I don't even know what you call it. Tactic. You could ever. And so I'm, I'm trying to push back on this on my platforms. I'm actually putting out something later on today where I'm basically just like, hey, this week, anybody who follows me on Instagram, I'm going to be sharing you strategies to get you a few clients now for after the holidays. And this isn't some like big grandiose thing. You know, I'm not going to give you some game changing like, no, I'm just going to give you a bit of a nudge that should help you get one or two new clients to start the year off right. Mm-hmm. You know what the strategy is today? What, what? Email five previous clients with a message that literally says, totally random, but I was just thinking about you. You were always such a joy to work with. Mm-hmm. 2022 is coming up and I don't know about you, but I'm dying for more human connection. So I thought that I'd say hello. You good? Question mark. Nice. That's it. Simple, easy. Like everybody's sitting here trying to think of the next best like Instagram post, spending hours and hours and hours putting content into the abyss. Meanwhile, it's like you got a real human who you've connected with where you know that they're thinking about probably getting back into health and fitness if they fell off at some point in the past. Why not just message them and see how they're doing and then connect with them? You're not even pitching them. Because you know they're, it's the end of the year. Everybody's making resolutions. You know they're thinking about health and fitness if they're not actively doing something now. So just reach out and just be like, hey, I was thinking of you. How you doing? Like, that's so probably going to be more profitable than the last five months of social media posts that you've done. It's just being a human. Like, we got to bring back 
human connection, I feel, into business. I mean, even you and I, we've known each other since 2016. This is the first time we've spoken. True. Isn't that messed up? Why Honestly, is that? You, you know, from my, from my standpoint, I, it's not an excuse, but I was thinking, okay, if I message you, would you respond? You get a thousand of messages like this a day. You know, it's, it's the perception of something. We, we don't even try. I don't get a lot of messages. No. I'm a I'm niche industry guy. I don't get a lot of messages. But even then, so how do you message somebody? You just try, right? So I was, well, maybe. I mean, but to be honest, if you messaged me and you were like, hi, I'm Alex. Can we talk? I probably would say no. Probably I wouldn't write that, but yes. <laughs> okay. But if you messaged me and you said, hi, Alex, I've got a podcast. It's called this. I'd love to have you on and interview you, somebody who I've you know, followed for some time. 100% I'd be on your podcast. It doesn't matter when you would have asked. Right. Oh, if there's, there have been periods in the past where I've just blanket said, I'm not doing any podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't say no. I would just say, hey, you know, until September, I've just decided I'm not doing any podcasts. I'd love to be on yours then if you'd still have me. Would you mind messaging me then? And if you message me, then I would. But there was a uh, there was a show that I was on because I'm I I've been doing a lot of podcasts. I I did last week. I did eighteen. I've done like seventy in in the last four weeks, four and a half weeks. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of podcasts. Oh yeah. Tomorrow's the last day. Of them. <laughs> I'm taking a break. Okay. Uh, and then I have a few scattered in January. But no, I just decided I was just going to go all in again. Like just human connection. Just we went through like a lot with our company this year. Like I fired my entire senior staff three and a half weeks ago. We went through a lot and it just, our company just became very corporate, became very faceless. And, um, you know, we, we hired like four different consultants to try to teach us, try to figure out how we should talk to our audience, what kind of words they like, what they're thinking and doing all these interviews and shit. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is stupid. Like, I was a personal trainer. I've been talking to trainers for 10 years. Why are we hiring this consultant who knows nothing about the industry to come in and, you know, we paid tremendous amounts of money for this stuff. It's dumb. When I come back in my second life, I want to be a consultant. You don't actually, you just get paid a whole ton of money and you don't actually have to get any results. It sounds like a sweet gig. And so, so it's interesting, right? Yeah. You just do a bunch of PowerPoints and shit and just like make it look pretty. But, uh, but it's, it's interesting because I just decided, I was like, I got to connect again on the ground level. Hmm. I got to do what I did that made us successful in, in the first place. And so connecting with our entire community, like one by one, right? Again, I wrote an article on the website, first article I've written in a long time, and you know what? I did the HTML too. You know when the last time I did that was? Probably six years ago. Yeah. But I laid out the whole thing again. Was this the, was this the same reason why you decided to do so many podcasts? I mean, you know, when, when I've seen um, your, your post inside our group that we can mm. connect and, and ask you for a podcast, I was, wow. Okay, this will be a lot of podcasts. So, but was the connection that you're trying to establish, was this the reason to do this? Um, a few things, a few things. One is 
I mean, we're, we're coming out with our software, right? We're coming out with Quick Coach. It's going to be out uh, late February. We should be able to get a small beta group in and then hopefully March if, you know, the thing doesn't break every which way, which by all accounts, it shouldn't. Um, but you never know. Then, then March, we should be able to go. And so basically, I just, you know, I have a little bit of time because we're in this phase now where the coding, the coding should actually be finished by the end of this week. Mm-hmm. And so we're in this phase where the coding's basically coming up to the end. I'm not really needed that much. It's basically just happening with our CTO and with the development team that he's working with. And there's just a bunch of other things that are kind of happening in the background, but don't really need me in earnest. And so it was a good time to do it. It was a good time to kind of reconnect with people. And also just, I felt like I needed it a little bit. I felt like I needed to be re-energized by just becoming reminded by how remarkable our community is. It was for so many years, like I said, we a company got all corporate and it was just dumb. It was, it, we stopped looking at people like your name is Alex and started looking at you like your email subscriber, 67,542. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I've always thought, I still think, the most scalable thing you can ever do in business is make as many one-on-one strong connections as you possibly can. Over time, that scales better than anything else you could ever do. Because you you actually never know what somebody's going to become. I'm not playing a game to win today. I'm playing a game to win five years from now, mm-hmm. 10 years from now. And so I, I started to think, you know, a podcasts are great because when else in your life even with your loved ones, to be honest, do you have a one-on-one eye-to-eye conversation with one other person for 45 minutes or an hour? It's actually super rare when you think about it. And it's a really deep connection. Like you and I will have a, a very deep connection after this. And so I wanted to try to build that with as many people as possible. But I, I mean, of course, I had to be a little bit selective. And so I look for indicators that somebody is just good shit. Like I look for indicators that somebody is probably going to be around the industry for a long time. Mm -hmm. I look for indicators of seriousness. I'm sure you've seen it like walk into any gym and you see, you know, on the, on the wall, there's always like all of the personal trainers and their, their pictures and their headshots or whatever it is. And inevitably, if there's 10 pictures of 10 trainers, nine out of 10 of them, have the bare, bare minimum qualifications to be there. And then there's one guy or one girl that's just got like everything. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, A, that one person is the person you always see with clients on the floor. But also like that person's probably going to be around the industry for a long time. Their network and their reputation is probably going to grow over time. And they're probably a very good person to get to know earlier on, perhaps, in their journey, because the odds that they're going to become more influential, the odds they're going to become more well-connected over time increase. And there's indicators like that online as well. You can look at somebody pretty quickly, and I don't know whether, whether you do this or whether you can envision this now, but do this after we're done the podcast for the next couple of days. You look at how somebody represents themselves online. There are pretty clear indicators of seriousness and thoughtfulness, right? Do they, 
do they care about how they come across? Do they care about how their accounts are set up? How congruent their accounts are? And one of those indicators, Alex, is they have a podcast. It's not the only indicator, but a podcast is something that it's not like that hard to do, but it's above the bare minimum. You know, I tell the story all the time where my wife and I love to hike. So we've done a lot of road trips and hikes around national parks in Canada and the United States. And like, inevitably you get to a, a national park, let's say in the United States, a really busy national park. Mm-hmm. And you get to the parking lot and it's super busy. And there's the one main path that leads to the one main attraction that's super busy. And then you walk five minutes beyond where the path ends and the trail starts. And all of a sudden you got the whole place to yourself. Like it doesn't take that much work above the bare minimum to get into a league of your own. And in our industry, you see this everywhere. It really doesn't take that much work, but very few people do it. And a podcast to me is a good indicator of that. So if I'm going to take my time and make one-on-one connections with people, I don't really care if their podcasts have audiences or not. I want to be on their podcast to get to know them. I want to be on your podcast to get to know you. If other people listening get value from it, that's great. But somebody who has a podcast is an indicator to me that that person is probably more serious about what they do. And and the likelihood that their influence and network and reputation will grow over time in the years to come, whether their podcast will become important or not is irrelevant. I mean, podcasts are a really shitty way to build an audience, so probably not. But it shows me they're the type of person that's prob- that, ha- that has better odds of being successful and sticking around. And so it seemed worth it to me to take some time for a month and basically just lay some groundwork and build some new connections with people that you know are at various stages of the game, some ahead of me, some behind me, some at the same stage as me, um, just to help you know, I want to be around in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that's all based on who you know. It is. Well, damn, if I look back, that's exactly what I, what I was trying to do in, in the past. You know, I've connected to people that are still around, that are, um, that maybe weren't the big names 10 years ago, but they are big names today. Mm-hmm. And we're still friends. Yeah. You know, and that's that's more more important to me than, Anything else right now? To be fair, no. You can. You always- got an example for me? I'd love. To, I'd love to hear an example. Oh yeah, Luke Lehman. I don't know if you know. Oh yeah, Luke Lehman, I've never met him. I've never met him. I know of him. He is. I always tell him that, and we got a thing going on. He was first visiting Slovenia back in 2014. Okay. So we we've just connected quite well, and I'm so so sorry that I couldn't be at their wedding. Uh, in 2020, because of everything that was going on, mm, right? You know, uh, but Lucas, my brother from another mother, so we just you know get along well. And, you know, for example, when when he was first visiting Slovenia, uh, it was me and my former business partner back then hosting him. So the story goes like that: we we're both you know driving motorbikes. We love them. So we asked him, "Hey, do you got your license, driving license for a motorbike?" He said, "Yes." Mm-hmm. What we forgot to ask him, have you drawn one before? <laughs> okay, so I got him a big ass bike, <laughs> put him underneath it, and 
we look at him and as, as he was sitting on a bike and oh my god this this won't go well so like a you know like a 1200 engine and so on so we were driving around slovenia with that and he just didn't manage it well but it was a so funny story so he was always slacking somewhere in the back of it uh on a, of a group but you know it, it was a connection we have right. done a cooking show together back then in 2014 so a lot of things happened and he was visiting uh when i've built my second gym in the same town in 2016 that was exactly mm-hmm. the time when he started with muscle nerds okay. so i was i was with him in the beginning of muscle nerds as well and we still are connected we're doing the podcast together and so on so right. Kleeman is a fantastic example of this or uh, how did you get thing, connected with him originally uh, he was working back then at the Polycoin Group. Okay. So my former business partner was doing his educations with the Polycoin Group, and mm-hmm. he invited him over to Slovenia one day. Okay. And, and that was it. And he said, yeah, I got time. Why not? So he was around for three weeks with us. Amazing. Or my, my biggest mentor and a very dear friend, Phil Learning from the UK. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've just went, it was November 2013. I took my wife. So we, we went over to the UK, enjoyed a week off uh, with, with his seminar first, but we've designed our, all, our, all of the trip in the UK around the seminar. So we went south, we were, we were in north, we were driving around a, really a lot. And it was um, Stoke and Trent, a, a little town, a bit more north in the UK. Yeah. Um, and I was the only one stepping up after the seminar, asking him, hey, would you be able to do a lecture in Slovenia with me? (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe, yes. Just write write, and and we'll see. (laughs) And and he did it in 2014, June, same motorbikes. And he is a motorbike lover as well. So I figured, okay, you like Ducati? I get you a Ducati. So we, we were driving around Austria and Slovenia and we just connected. So we're very good friends today. And what's what's what I love about that is there was always something that you did that was beyond what you obviously have in common, which is you know the, the health and fitness thing. Like there's something that you found that, that the key to actual to actually making connections with somebody is to figure out some sort of an uncommon commonality, something that you can connect on. In fact, that's actually the goal of small talk. Mm. And I and I learned this, so I'm I'm introverted. My my entire nature is introverted, and uh, it surprises people because I, you know, I, I'll give talks and whatever. But um, there, there's a misconception about introverts that they can't be around people. It's not true. It's like I can be around people. Basically, I start my day with five coins, and everybody I talk to, I give them a coin, and then I got to be by myself for a little bit of time. So I can stand on stage and give a talk, but I'm not going to the party afterwards. Or I'll go to the party afterwards, but I ain't giving the talk. Like it's it's that. And so, you know, I had to, I had to really study things like small talk and a lot of communication skills because I realized how important it was, particularly in, in not so much in fitness because it was largely one-on-one. I mean, my training was all one-on-one, but, and I worked in like smaller gyms where the, you know, there wasn't as busy and as much mm-hmm. going on. But then when I started building the online business, I started going to a lot of events and it started to become very important to network. And so I studied things like small talk and the the key to small talk to meeting people when you're shaking hands is you follow a line of questioning 
to be able to figure out a way or one thing to go deep with that person on one commonality could be a food you both like could be some commonality about where they live because I've traveled a lot I can often connect with people about their hometown or their home country could be like my buddy Sam Pogue for example is from Seattle and I told him oh growing up I loved Ken Griffey Jr the baseball player from Seattle well now our entire relationship now years later surrounds Ken Griffey Jr if I find a good video of Ken Griffey Jr I'll I'll text it to him he sent me a Ken Griffey Jr baseball card I sent him a Ken Griffey Jr figurine And so the entire goal is to basically ask people these open-ended questions looking for something that you can connect deeper with them on. And in your case it, it sounds like motorcycle riding. Oh not right, only is one of them. Not, not only. It's one of them. It's one of them. I mean Brett Schoenfeld was another another thing like that. So I I just messaged him one day and said, "Hey Brett, would you be able to do a seminar with me?" "Yes, why not?" <laughs> "Okay, good." <laughs> This was what he just said yes. I remember sounds like I, something I, Brad would say. Yeah, sure, yeah. sounds like fun. Yeah, travel, yeah. why not? And uh, we went over to uh, Arnold's house in Graz which is, you know, just 30 minutes oh, away cool. from here. Okay. So what's cool? I know he is a foodie. So you mentioned yeah. you're not, but he is. I've been I've eaten with I've eaten with with Brad a few times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So wine, cheese, fish and so on and so on, everything was there. And I I enjoy it. he enjoys it perfect and he's coming over to slovenia in july again so right. it's you know amazing a bread eater uh, was giving a seminar in austria i was attending and we just you know we just got along well talked about different things and so on about business it's it's amazing and mm-hmm. this is this is where i started to talk to people more and got back to the basics you know of personal trainers right. really Th- right. that should be the basic right being personal and talking to people actually talking to other human beings as opposed to posting you know into the abyss on social media and and mm-hmm. and wondering why nothing's happening yeah i mean like you i mean you're aware of this right we went some of the larger groups of personal trainers and it's always so funny to me whenever i see these things it's like somebody posting they're like hey how are you guys all getting clients i can't get any clients mm-hmm. i'm doing everything You know, I'm posting content daily on on my Instagram and uh and um and 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 I have these funnels set up but uh but yeah, I I I I don't have a single client. I'm like what? Like you did all that shit and you don't have a single client? And so I just I just asked them I'm like how many people have you spoken to today? Well, I mean, I have this ebook and it's going to this email and then it's this funnel and I wrote this copy and I hired this person to help me with the copy. I'm like going to stop you for a second. How many people have you spoken to today? Well, none, but like I, you know, I've 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 been reading a lot on copy. Mm-hmm. I think you probably just need to speak to somebody. Like I think all of this shit comes so much farther down the road that it's kind of just irrelevant for the time being. and you probably just kind of need to speak to somebody maybe we should focus on that and it's it's astonishing to me how rare that is and it it hurts me cuz i 
there's so many people in our industry that have so much potential to do so much good and they're working so hard and they're not getting anywhere with it. And it's painful because everybody is just trying to just get money out of them. Like buy this software, do this thing, do this other thing. Like you don't have a single client. Why are you taking your fourth certification right now? Get a damn client. You have no idea what to do with this information anyway. Because until you train with a whole bunch of people, you're, you, you won't even be able to apply anything you're learning. True. You know, this, this is something that I teach them in the basic personal trainer certification course. I, I, hmm. I tell them the secret. Tell them the big marketing secret of personal trainers. What is it? What is it? Tell me. When when you're in a commercial gym, all you have to do is when a new client comes in, hey, my name is Alex. I'm one of the trainers here. If you need anything, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Just talk to them. Because, you know. And then remember their name next time they come in. Exactly. And make them feel popular. This little thing, this is a problem. Yeah. Yell their name across the gym when they come in. That's exactly. something I learned from the most successful trainer I ever worked with. His name was Ian. He's still training. And biomechanically, physiology, programming. I know a lot of people who know way more than him. But you won't ever meet somebody who makes people feel as good about themselves as he makes you feel about yourself. You walk into the gym. doesn't matter if you're a client of somebody else's trainer. He'll yell your name across. Hey, John, good to see you, man. Yell it across the gym. Make you feel like you're everything. Well, what happens then when John's trainer leaves and John's looking for a new trainer? Mm-hmm. Who do you think he goes to? Exactly. That's, that's all there is to it. Like, I, tell, I usually <laughs> tell the story to them. Why Starbucks putting the name on a cup. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. You know, eventually if you go to the same Starbucks um, many, many times and, you know, the waiter is not changing too much, they remember your name and it it makes you feel good that someone, hey, hey, Alex, this is your coffee. Oh yeah, thank you. (laughs) Like it. Mm -hmm. How are you doing, Tom? You know, and this is the, the basic human connection that we're trying to establish, but most people are sitting in a dark corner of the gym uh, looking yeah. through someone else's Instagram page or something like that, instead of talking to people. Even, even online, I always, you know, I always think about it. Like Instagram is obviously very impersonal, but you can make it a little bit more personal. And it's surprising to me how few people do. So you see all the time people like, Oh, nobody's commenting on my thing. Or like, you know, no, nobody's it's like, yeah, because anytime that somebody does, you're basically ignoring their comment. You're giving them like a thumbs up. You're not appreciating that they're there. You're not appreciating them. All you got to do is click onto their account, find their first name. And it might not even be in their account. Click on their link, go to their website, find their name before you respond. And then thank them by their name. Hey, Alex, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate you being here. Versus three fire emojis. (laughs) I like Like, no shit. Alex is never going to come back and comment. (laughs) Sure. 
it's not, it's, it's again, I mean, it's the same metaphor, right? All you got to do is walk five minutes off of the path. Like it's not that hard, but it's so rare. And it, it's, it's astonishing to me how, how rare you see it happen. But Martin Rooney once said, there's no traffic on the extra mile, right? So this oh, is- Oh yeah, that's good. I hate, I hate that guy. He has, so, he has such a good way with words. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Everything that he says, I'm like, yes, damn it. That's such a better way than how I say it. <laughs> oh, Martin, but Martin, Martin is dude. a fun guy too. I met him in 2014. We spoke, when, when was it? 2018, 2019. We were the last time in contact. I was, I was thinking to bring Train for Warriors to Slovenia and start something here, but then COVID hit. Mm. So, but you know, it's, Yes, there's no traffic in the extra mile. Right. And this, this is something that pretty much no one is doing. It's easy, you know, to be constantly in your comfort zone where you, you don't have to do something and then moan about everything, how bad it is. Right. You know, that's not hard. It's for free. You can just sit in your chair on your couch watching TV and, oh my God, it's so bad, isn't it? <laughs> it is. If you don't do anything about it, it is. Well, or if you do what's what's easier, right? It's funny saying it that way because like it's not easy to produce content. But it's way easier to just, you know, film yourself working out and feel like you've done your marketing for the day or, you know, copy and paste the same motivational phrase or whatever that, you know, you see everywhere versus taking a step back. And it doesn't even require that much work. But taking a step back and saying, okay, well, like, what is my message? What do I stand for? What am I for? What am I against is almost more important than what are you for from a marketing standpoint? What am I for? What am I against? And then how can you be congruent with that across your platform over time? And, and, and you know, there's just, you don't actually have to do as much when you do that work. I think that's the hidden secret. One great piece of content will do the same amount of work as a thousand mediocre pieces of content. That's the hidden secret about content marketing is that most of it does nothing, literally nothing, but one hit could catapult your business into, into a new level, into a new stratosphere. And, uh, but you're never going to get that if you feel like you're on this content wheel where, oh, it's Tuesday at 11. So I have to post something because it's Tuesday because I have to post content on Tuesdays. Like, well, have you thought about why? Have you thought about why that is that true? If you don't post, are you going to get a whole bunch of messages from people saying, where is it? I'm missing it. So do you really need to post on Tuesday? No, you need to be consistent for sure, but you need to be way more thoughtful, I think. And so, I mean, our mantra with business this year, this entire year in 2022, this upcoming year is, is do less better. Hmm. It's like, we're not doing anywhere close to as much. I'm sending one email a month. That's it. But this, this will be the one. It'll be the one. And you know what? Instead of having a 13% open rate on my emails, 
Now I have a 76% open rate. Amazing. Now, I mean, I'm not getting, you know, in front of obviously people as often, like an aggregate, if I'm sending three or four emails a week, I'll get in front of more people. But I just, I, I guess, I don't know. Well, you're an old man, so I can ask you because, you know, you've been around so many more years than me. But I feel like, I feel like as I've gotten just like a little bit older and I've, I mean, I've been in the online fitness industry for a decade. Like that makes me a great grandfather. I mean, most people are around for two or three years. I've seen so many people come and go. I've seen so many things come and go. And so many times I see somebody come up in the game and get attention. I'm like, oh, this shit again. Okay. This will be exciting for the next two months. And then it's going to be gone. Cause like, you just, you just know what's happening. You know exactly what's happening. And I feel like I'm just at this point where I'm like, I just want to kind of do my thing. I don't need to build a hundred million dollar business. I have no interest in that. I don't know what I do with that amount of money. I make more than enough for anything that I'd ever want to do. Live a good life with my family. Like why, why push more? You know, why do I, why did I used to desire that stuff? It's because I was comparing myself to other people who profess to have it. And my ego wanted me to have it. Well, now I'm just like, well, I've gotten to know some of them and I wouldn't trade my life for theirs. Not to say they aren't happy, not to say they don't live a good life, but it's not what I desire. And so, I don't know, maybe that's just a, well, you tell me, is that a part of aging? I'm going to keep making old man jokes because you're yes. like six months older. Than me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I think it is. I think it is. I'm, I'm starting actually to think, you know, to planning, okay, when can I take the step back? I, I still yeah. have my goals that I want to achieve, but do I have to achieve them for any price, you know, regardless? Or right now, or right now, because you have kids, right? Yeah, two of them. How old? Two girls, 14 and six. Your, your kids are a little bit older than mine. Um, I mean, I've got a four and a half year old and I've got another, my next child due in April. And we had four miscarriages trying to have our second one. And then my wife got diagnosed with thyroid cancer three weeks before she got pregnant. She's fine. Don't get me wrong. Like, mm. you know, she'll, she'll be fine. But do I need this all to happen right now? Or can I just give it five or 10 years? And like, things are good and not push it. You know, I'm quite, I'll start another business at 40. Start another business at 42. I don't care. 45, 50. Doesn't I'll have three or four more midlife crises by then. And so, yeah, like, why? Why? What's the point? What's the point? You know, they're, they're, if if you understand what's what's important, yeah, to you, and you, and you do that, that's the reason why I'm in Mexico right now, and I'm jealous. So, John, I, I just because I know you have to jump to another thing right yes. now, and I would like to thank you so much for taking the time off today to do this. Of course, it was a pleasure, man, and it was really nice to talk to you. Uh, some important Likewise. insights uh, for personal trainers too. So, just listen roughly to this because it's important and i hope we well let's talk soon again absolutely i enjoy that well do. thank you alex Bye-bye. thank you john have fun bye